mentioned in your cover letter that you're primarily interested in a remote position. Can I ask why? It's just stuff with my parents. They're kind of estranged. We're digesting some really big news. I wouldn't be able to come up to San Jose in person for a little while. We could probably arrange for that. Should we offer you the position? <gasps> really? Oh my god, that'd be great! Your resume is impressive. A high-low tech internship? Experience coding for Lyft? What's your secret? Uh, my... my secret? Realm Presents, Memory Lane Season 2, Episode 2. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Casa de Amizade Center for Health and Wellness, California, July 1st. Remy and I make a dangerous decision. We call a cab. It's a risk, of course, but we can't just leave Cassie to face Amizade and possibly Judith all alone. I curse her under my breath. The cab driver pulls up in a rattling minivan. Remy climbs in after me, and I give the driver directions to the last place on Earth I want to be going. How could she have done this? Cassie really said nothing before she took off? No, just 
shot off the couch, grabbed the keys, and ran. Is she always like this? Pretty much. I think she was like that when you knew her, too. Remy flinches. All of Remy's memories of Cassie, and of me for that matter, were erased by Judith. Years of his life just gone. The worst part is, this is the second time Judith has stolen us from Remy. The first time he recovered his own memories through years of study. But now... Remy balls his fists in his lap. I stare out my window. The minivan rattles. When I see the retreat's sign shimmer into view, I feel a chill go up my spine. Remy, look. A familiar van idles on the side of the road. The windows are open, but I don't see Cassie inside. Ah, uh, this it? Should I, uh, turn in? No. I mean, you can just let us off in the street. After we pay the driver, he putters away with a cheerful goodbye. We walk over to the van. Remy tries the handle, but it doesn't open. So, uh, what should we do now? Uh, Judith probably has security. I turn toward the thicket of trees. Last time, when you wanted to rescue us, you came through the woods. I did? Yeah. You don't remember. I'm sorry, Alex. There's so much I wish I could remember. I take a cleansing breath. How can I respond to that? Remy was my father. But he lied. He manipulated me and Cassie into joining his study without revealing his identity. He didn't even warn us about Judith or her terrifying memory experiments. I know Judith hurt Remy too. And Remy believed his memory study would fix Cassie. But it doesn't excuse the way he used us. Worse, I can't even tell him off because he doesn't remember any of it. What, um, what do you remember? I remember some of my research. I worked as a neurologist with people who've suffered lapses in memory, which is why I know this isn't typical amnesia. I start through a break in the trees, and Remy follows. The air is sticky and humid, and the forest swarms with bugs. You told me that after the first time Judith stole your memories, you were able to perfect some techniques to get some of your memories back. Yeah, but I don't remember what those techniques were. I wonder, why didn't you just restore Cassie's memories like you restored your own? Like, why put us through your study? I bet you wish you'd never gotten involved. I'm not upset, exactly. Despite everything, I probably wouldn't go back and change my decision to transplant Cassie's memories into mine. I really do understand her so much better now. And I've been searching for my father my whole life. And, well, here he is. The last time we were in these woods, Remy had looked at me and said he loved me very much. That he'd very much wanted to be my father. But now, I pull out my stem, desperate for a lift. It works quickly. I shut my eyes, breathing out. Remy watches me. When did you get that? A few months ago. Got it for myself as an early college graduation present. You know, uh, I had a stim once. You did? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was one of the trial models. 
But I do remember my core memory. It was of me sitting on the beach when I was about your age with this girl I used to date. Uh, Patty or Patricia? I don't know, but before your mom, I guess. It pains me. He can recall a random girlfriend, but not my mother. Well, that sounds nice. It was. Though, if I'd been there for your birth, I'm sure that would have been my Stim's memory. You don't have to say that. I ball up my fist, furious at what Judith took away from Cassie. And him. And even me. Judith banished Remy from Amazaj months before I was born, then poisoned Cassie's mind against him. Cassie never reached out to Remy again, not even to tell him about my birth. If not for Judith, we could have been a family. So, uh, what about you? What core memory did you use? I hesitate. I dodged Cassie when she asked me the same question. But this is the nicest conversation I've had with my father. He's trying. Maybe I should try too. It's, um, from a coding camp I went to when I was a kid. The scene comes into focus even without the aid of my stim. I'm 11 years old, and I'm working at a computer terminal, coding this complicated idea I had. And this woman comes up behind me, an instructor, and she goes, Brilliant. I think you're going to win. Win? Yeah, there was a prize for the best coder. I got it. And I felt, I don't know, like, like I belonged, I guess. Like people understood me. But, um, don't tell Cassie I told you, if that's okay. And you think she'll be bothered because your favorite memory has nothing to do with her? For a guy who's lost his memory, he's still pretty perceptive. I nod. <sighs> Look, forgive me if this isn't my place. I, I know I wasn't there for you while you were growing up. And I don't know about you and your mother's past, but I see the way Cassie looks at you now. She is proud of you, Alex. My throat tightens. I know. It's just... In the past... I shake my head. Sometimes I almost wish it had been my memory Judith stole. If I could forget all the times Cassie disappointed me growing up, it would be easier to forgive her now. Start over. We've come to a clearing, and I draw in a breath. A massage. I feel a chill up my spine when I take in the stucco one-story house at the edge of the property. It looks so welcoming from afar. Where is everyone? I don't know. The last time I was here, it was common to see residents strolling toward the water or sitting on the tree swing. Today there isn't a single person outside. But someone must be here. Peyton just posted a picture of herself. And then I hear a laugh. Cassie. Inside the house. Forgetting all about my plan to avoid attracting attention, I storm toward an open door, walk through it, and blink at the bright, empty dining room. Not long ago, I sat here with Cassie for one of the weirdest meals of my life. Cassie! Cassie! Mom! 
Remy has followed me in, and he and I exchange dubious glances. I follow the sound of her voice into a large sunroom. Cassie is standing by a window. The woman next to her isn't Judith. It's Peyton. Oh. My stomach flip-flops. Peyton's eyes light up when she sees me, and I want to cry out with relief. She looks... okay. I also notice her mom, Trina, is sitting in a chair in the corner. Trina doesn't look as relaxed as Peyton, but both of them seem alert and unscathed. Hey, how are you? Not thrilled. I eye my mother, who rolls her eyes. Oh boy, guess mommy's gonna lecture me, huh? Judith isn't here. I've already cased the joint. Still, running off like that was really dangerous. Excuse me for wanting to do something. I've been filling Peyton and Trina in about what's really going on here, okay? About the memory stuff. I told them that Peyton needs to stop her treatments. I glance at Peyton, confused. If Judith wasn't giving you treatments, then who was? Actually, I did it myself. You gotta understand, my anxiety is really bad. I tried to do without them, I really did, but I started panicking. Judith's room was unlocked, and so I went in, and I recognized the equipment she used to perform the treatments, and the levels on the machines, and, and, and everything. And that could have been really dangerous. I know, but afterward, I really did feel better. You just walked into Judith's treatment room? No one stopped you? Mom and I are almost the only people that are still here. And you have no idea where Judith went? Peyton shakes her head. I glance at her mom. Me neither. But this isn't like Judith. This is her home. I just can't believe the treatments are bad. Why would she do this to us? We trusted her. I know. I recall a memory I'd had of Cassie's. Remy was trying to tell her that Judith was dangerous, but she refused to believe him. I pray Peyton won't make the same mistake. Trina's arms are crossed tightly at her chest. I think you have it all wrong. Judith's been nothing but kind and giving to us. Without her, Peyton would be a mess. How can you be so sure? I mean, who's to say that she hasn't messed with your memory too? I believe in Judith's work. Okay. Do you remember how we met? It was a few weeks ago, on the road. Mm, think harder. It was years before. <laughs> we went on a road trip together. With your husband, too. Trina's eyes flash. So do Peyton's. You're just trying to confuse me. You don't remember. It's okay, neither do I. Because Judith experimented on my mind. But we all drove to Heather Lake. You, me, Peyton, your husband, and the man I was with, Remy. Cassie glances at Remy. I realize it's the first time I've seen her make eye contact with him all week. Remy holds her gaze, his expression a mix of hope and regret. We stopped at an amusement park. Remember riding on the roller coaster? Trina shakes her head. But by the way her gaze shifts, I can tell she has at least a glimmer of it. Even if that's true, even if I did go on a trip with you, what does it prove? That Judith messed with you too. She cut the memory out. That's impossible. 
If I'd lost memories, I'd know. If Judith was that monstrous, I'd know that too. I'm a good judge of people. Cassie bites her lip, but she doesn't say anything more. Does Trina remember her husband? Colin. I know Colin in the present day. And it's complicated. We argued. Colin wound up in the hospital. And it was all my fault. Now I know that Colin is Peyton's father. Trina's husband. Another victim of Judith's experiments. Peyton would probably be furious if she knew I was keeping this a secret. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Cassie stands up and looks around, drawing me from my thoughts. She lifts a jade sculpture, looks under it, and sets it back down. What are you doing? Looking for cameras, bugs. Judith might be watching us from wherever she is. You're not in the CIA. Actually, Judith does have surveillance cameras. I'll show you where. She points to a door at the back. We all follow her in and find six screens with closed circuit feeds of scenes around the property. Huh. See? I stick my tongue out at Cassie and then study the screens. Two show a wooded path. Judging by the neat gravel on the ground, it's not the woods Remy and I slogged through to get here. Another view is of a wide, flat rock that juts out into the middle of the pond. Weird. You'd think she'd want cameras on the driveway or entrances instead. There are two interior screens. One shows the front hallway, which makes sense. 
The other camera is on a nondescript upstairs bedroom I don't remember from the first time I'd visited. The bed is carefully made. The closet is closed up tight. The only things I spot are a few framed pictures of what looked like childhood drawings. I zoom in, trying to figure out what they are. Fish? I mean, they're pretty simple, but they're charming. They're signed, too. With a single initial. Uh, is that an N? We need to disable the cameras. She could be watching these from a remote location. Okay, let me take a look. But I can't make any promises. As I work, Remy sits down in an office chair by Trina and Peyton. Okay, uh, so tell me about these treatments that Judith gives you. How often are your sessions? Twice a week. And how about you, Trina? Judith performs some Reiki healing on me. Energy stuff. But it's been a long time. Cassie sniffs. I can tell what she's thinking. Reiki healing. Sure. How long have you had anxiety? I don't know. Forever? Since she was a kid. And years ago, Judith did this whole analysis on both of us. I can't even remember it. Trina's gaze darts to Cassie. I suppose you're going to say she erased that? Hmm, probably. Judith always said how important it was that we continue to get our treatments, otherwise we'd just backslide. And I always felt so much better after they were over. I can't believe we trusted her. Hmm. It's possible your treatments are legitimate. Can you explain what exactly is involved? I just put electrodes on my forehead and a sleeping mask over my eyes, and I turn the machine on to level six for like 30 minutes. I fall asleep listening to white noise, and when I wake up, I'm calm. That's it. So, what's the machine? I don't know. Um, it kind of looks like a, like a really big printer with electrodes attached. When you wake up, do you feel groggy? Do you forget things? I don't know. How would I know? Maybe? I turn back to Peyton, taking a break from my tinkering on the computer. Do you recall another doctor? Ever? Doctor... Uh, a man? Tall? Graying hair? Uh, Dr. Reardon. His name was Dr. Reardon. Cassie gives me an odd look. Right. I... I don't know. I, I can't remember if there was another doctor or not. Well, if you show me the machine, I might be able to tell you if the therapy is completely kosher, or if it has some nefarious side effects. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Nefarious? Peyton's eyes grow to the size of saucers. Uh, hello? This isn't Club Med. We're leaving, Remy. The only reason I'm disabling these cameras is so Judith, if she's watching, doesn't see us on our way out. I look at Cassie. But Judith's just left all her machines, the doors are unlocked. We have an opportunity here. Ugh, to do what? You heard him, he's going to look at her equipment. Maybe he can restore our memories, Alex. <laughs> I don't think restoring our memories is going to be as easy as snapping your fingers. Look, I don't remember much about Judith, but I do know that she isn't the type of person who'd create a poison if she didn't also have the antidote. We can't go in there and play mad scientist. But we have Remy, and he's a doctor. But Remy doesn't remember his own work. Well, maybe something will jog my memory. 
Okay, what if Judith comes back? Alex, Judith shot Remy. We witnessed it. I honestly don't think she's gonna come back here. She could be arrested. It just isn't logical. But Judith isn't a logical person. Or maybe you don't want me to get my memory back. Stop. Stop. Look, I get that you want to get back at Judith, Cassie. And I get that you want your memory back. But I really think the safer option is to keep lying low. If we're very careful, eventually we can just try to be normal again. What if the technology to restore our memories is in that treatment room? What if this is our only chance? Maybe Cassie's right. It would be foolish of Judith to return. And what if we're sitting on a gold mine of scientific breakthroughs? Is it foolish to walk away? I look around. The air in the house smells like a vanilla candle, not mildew and dust. The idea of sleeping on a decent bed with a comfortable mattress is enticing. Okay, you have until tomorrow morning. But if anything is weird, we're out of here. Great. Remy, are you good with that? Cassie looks at him again. This is the most attention Cassie's paid to Remy since we've been in hiding. Maybe being here will be good for their relationship. The two of them file out of the surveillance room with Trina, leaving me and Peyton alone. Suddenly, I'm aware of the narrow space between us, the way Peyton's eyes track me. I turn back to the computer and hit a command. The cameras wink off one by one. We're all good. If Judith was watching us, she isn't anymore. <sighs> you gotta be kidding me. Everything with Judith, my treatments. I just don't want this to be true. I'm sorry. I almost reach for her hand, but catch myself at the last second, unsure if she'd want me to. She glances at me, away again. I should have done what you asked. Wait, what I asked? You know, when we spoke in the hospital, you told me to get away from Mama's Aj and I didn't believe you. Oh, right. The conversation is a blur. Probably because I was stressed about Cassie and Remy at the time. Cassie is standing in the doorway, staring at me. My cheeks flush, and I clear my throat. <clears throat> what? Are we all clear? With the uh, cameras? Yeah, we're good. Cassie's gaze lingers on me a moment. What? Never mind. She turns away awkwardly and heads back down the hall. Weird, I think. Hey, are you okay? I, I, I really need to sit down. I'm really anxious, like, like I'm, I'm going to pass out. Hey, come here. I leap up from my seat and help Peyton into it instead. Okay, everything's okay. Just concentrate on your breath. I just feel so afraid all of a sudden. I can't believe this is true. Shh, don't worry. I, I just... I reach out to stroke her forehead before I realize how intimate the gesture is. A zing of electricity shoots through me, and I pull my hand away. But then Peyton's eyes meet mine, 
and I can see her relax a little. Slowly, I return my hand to her forehead. She shuts her eyes. Better? Please don't leave. I'm right here. I feel terrible that all of this speculation about Judith has thrown Peyton into a panic. We sit there for a while, my hand on her forehead, Peyton breathing carefully in and out. I stare out the large picture window into the yard. The sun has sunk low in the trees, turning the sky a pinkish-orange-blue and filling the yard with shadows. Fireflies flicker in the air, and for a teeny, tiny moment, I almost feel peaceful. Then I see it. What's that? Mm, what's what? Peyton opens one eye. There's a shadow beyond the trees. Of something... No. Of someone. A person. Tall. With limp arms and long stringy hair. Just standing. Watching us. But there's something unusual about their movements. Like they're floating. The hair on the back of my neck rises. I know this person. Only... How? Who is that? That's Ned. You're listening to Memory Lane Season 2. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Memory Lane is written by Sarah Shepard, produced by Rhoda Bayessa and Haley Wagreich, associate produced by Michael Coulter, and executive produced by Molly Barton. Performed by Emily Wu Seller, Leanne Marie Dobbs, Elliot Schiff, Tiana Camacho, Julia Nippen, Mike Carnes, Lena Klingeman, Sherry Wishard, and Kaylin West. Directed by Amanda Rose Smith and Kaylin West. Produced by Kaylin West. Sound design and post-production by Tim Franklin. Editing by Corey Barton. Original theme composed by Amanda Rose Smith with digital orchestration by Andrew Rowan and Max Kuttner. Music supervision by Amy Parker. Cover design by Kendall Thomas. Special thanks to Ellen Goodlett. 